0: You're now tuned into VC Cheat Sheet, the podcast that gives entrepreneurs straight-to-the-point information and behind-the-scenes access on raising money. Brought to you by the Center for Urban Entrepreneurship and Economic Development at Rutgers University.
1: You're listening to VC Cheat Sheet, and I'm your host, Melissa S. Jackson. If this is your first time listening, then thank you for tuning in. And if not, thanks for coming back. The goal of the podcast is to help Black and Latino-led startups gain insight into the world of venture and private capital through mentorship and advice. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Q. that's T-H-E-C-U-E-E-D. All the links are provided in the show notes at bccheatsheet.com. Now let's get into the show. I speak with Yvonne and LaDante of New Age Capital about their road to becoming early stage investors. Their approach to changing the landscape of tech is to be the ones who call the shots and make the investments. We talk about their pathway there and how they want to intentionally invest in Black and Latino led startups. Yvonne and LaDante say there's no excuse on not getting what you want and what you need. And as always, there's some really good takeaways here. So listen in. So, tell me a little
2: bit about New Age Capital. New Age Capital is a seed-stage venture capital firm. We invest in tech or tech-enabled startups founded by Blacks or Latinos. We use, it's the founding CEO has to be Black or Latino. The their founding CEO co-founder, but the entire team does not have to be Black or Latino. Um, we launched last year in two thousand sixteen, and uh, we we've been building. Kind of under the radar, I would say. Um, we really wanted to focus on building an infrastructure and kind of our resource pool
1: mm-hmm.
2: for, our, uh, for our entrepreneurs. And so um, a lot of our building had to do a lot with VC outreach and finding proper service providers, such as lawyers and banks. Mm-hmm. Um, and also downstream investors, because we are at the seed stage. We want to make sure we're the best seed fund to get, uh, get these entrepreneurs from seed stage to Series A. Um, Anything I'm
0: missing? Uh, No, I think you got it covered. I mean, as far as um, digging a little bit more into the theme of investing in Blacks and Latinos, so we created a thesis around that. Um, And
1: tell me what a thesis is, because I've heard that term thrown out a few times.
0: Right. So um, the way we look at our thesis is, uh, you know, we developed uh, basically a plan for how we would invest uh, in the sense of, um, you know, where we think the world is going, um, where we see the opportunity, where we think our skill set fits into that opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and then basically testing that hypothesis um, by investing in these types of companies that we're going to be looking to invest in. So. There are some investors that are, you know, sector driven where you know, they only invest in enterprise SaaS or only invest in consumer or whatever. Uh, there are a lot of VCs like us that are thesis driven. So, you know, founder first or, um, you know, a highly technical team or, you know, things like that. So may not be necessarily sector focused, but um, have a clearly defined approach um, and kind of theory behind why they're investing. Uh, It's basically a hypothesis that they're trying out over the duration of their investment period.
1: Okay, so why now and why new age capital? I mean, I know this idea of building a pipeline for tech talent has been a big uh, topic in the news that's been talked about. Why did you guys decide to go in on the VC side?
2: Uh, Well, so I guess we should probably rewind it back to why we even wanted to be entrepreneurs in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, Yvonne and I both we're always kind of on an entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. Um, my first passion is actually in film and communication. So I studied uh, film. I thought I was probably about to be the next Spike Lee. Then I realized that <laughs> I didn't feel like doing all the work. So <laughs> um, plus the, ho- the Hollywood industry just didn't seem appealing to me. Um so I graduated and I started my own creative agency where I utilize film, photography, graphic design, and animation, which I taught myself all all those disciplines and utilize that to tell stories. So one of the things I really wanted to do with film is just tell good stories. Um, and I realized that storytelling actually applies to a lot of what we do in our day-to-day lives and mm-hmm. when we build companies, when we're designing architecture, when we're investing. Um, and so I applied storytelling to, some more of a marketing and branding um, aspect. And so essentially it was, the company was called LDM Film Perspective, but what I would do is talk to the startups um, and try to figure out why they started their company and try to infuse that in their branding um, and their storytelling so they can better connect with their audiences. So um, I did that. Uh, so we so we were on entrepreneurial journey and then you, you
0: can talk about what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, so um, I was a finance major at Boston College. Um, I'd always, been entrepreneurial. You know, I was a kid that was always looking for a new hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the school didn't have vending machines, I'd have my mom take me to Costco, buy a book, you know, candy in bulk and, and sell it at a markup. Um, you wanted a you know, kid selling candy? Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, or, you know, when mixed CDs were a thing before everybody was streaming, you know, I'd download all the songs, make Mm -hmm. mixed CDs and like sell them out of school. So little things like that was always really interesting. Um, And I got interested in real estate, which is one of, you know, one of my big passions still today Mm -hmm. um, around that time as well, and had realized that, all right, I want to do this entrepreneurial thing, but it seemed that my skill set and kind of the way I wanted to do it was most tailored to real estate. And like I could tangibly see from a young age like how it worked how you could make money for it from it and over time how you could grow a portfolio so anyway fast forward and i i'd actually turned my job offer down the week before i graduated from boston college i was gonna be working at a firm in boston mm-hmm. um and we were just kind of talked about and like yeah we, like let's try our hand at doing our own thing um so for me i decided to start my own real estate investment firm Um, called Van Low Real Estate Group. So that was my first foray into company formation, you know, getting the LLC done, um, kind of all the legal ramifications around that, you know, opening up um, a business account, um, you know, understanding how to write off expenses and, and where I was Utilizing my resources and whatnot. So my ultimate goal was I was going to try to invest in small properties in northern New Jersey, leveraging technology somehow Mm -hmm. um, to kind of separate myself uh, and then hopefully, you know, be able to build an empire from that. Um, But that went along its path and it eventually ended up fizzling out because I ended up getting a job in real estate in Manhattan.
1: Yeah, that's, so that was my next question. Like, yeah. What drew you guys to tech specifically? Because you come from a more creative background. You come from real estate. It seems yeah. like there's really no synergy yeah. but tech. So how did you guys land here?
2: Uh, essentially, I mean, we're all, we're, we're all connected. To, we're all a part of tech, whether we know it or not. And so if we're utilizing these applications, if we're on our cell phones, if I'm on my computer all day, that, that's tech, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not in the kind of purest sense of what people think tech is. Um, but it was just, I knew like there was a bunch of, if I go to a New York tech meetup, there's a bunch of companies there. That means I can talk to them and sell them a product of, of advertising and branding or storytelling rather. So it just seemed, it just made sense to me. Um, and, in, and if you talk to any creative, their biggest issue is trying to find leads if they're creating or designing or, or, or what have you. So it was a pool of leads I can just attack. So, um, and and we always kind of were on the fringes of reading about these tech stories and these billion dollar uh, IPOs and evaluations mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, and so what we really, what we when we went, what we ended up doing was talking to a bunch of entrepreneurs about their ideas, and just asking business strategy questions, asking them marketing strategy questions, um, try to get to the crux of why they're solving this particular problem and why are they're the why are they the best person to solve it. Um, And we did that for about two years um, and really started to develop a passion for helping these companies think through their solutions um, and think through their business strategies and their financials and how they thought about customer acquisitions Um, and coming from the standpoint of for us, we're always just been hustlers. So even trying to figure out ways to best solve this solution cheaply, things like that, we were always trying to come up with uh, good ideas and, we ended up coming on. Um, we ended up taking on a small advisorship role with one company in particular, and uh, that lasted for some months. Um, and we had uh, we had liked the original idea of what that company was, and so after our relationship had ended with that, Yvonne took the reins yeah. on on a company launched called LionShare.
0: Yeah. So you know, after our uh, advisorship ended, um, we forged on this new journey to build LionShare, which was basically um, a fintech app. Um, and financial literacy being one of our passions as well, Uh, it was a crowd savings app. And the idea was that when it hit network effects and kind of virality, it would be the social network of financial literacy. Mm -hmm. So the idea being that, you know, me being an immigrant myself and having immigrant parents, the idea being that a lot of us don't have that, like, financial literacy knowledge, um, you know, to understand, like, oh, like, how to open your first bank account, or, you know, when you have a job in school, like, how to pay for your books, Or after college, like, you know, where to find it, like how much to pay in rent for your first apartment and, you know, how much to be paying in insurance on a car. All these things that we just didn't know. The idea would be you could crowdsource a lot of that through LionShare. So um, it's something we think we could still work today. But, you know, we ended up after about a year putting that to bed. And really what happened was we got to this point where. Um, As we're going, we realized because we're going to be collecting money from people, uh, there's financial regulations around that. Um, And it's not that that would have been an issue, but we realized that our our path to success would have been a lot longer. So we had a real conversation with each other and we're like, look, like we're not really going to feel like we want to be dedicated to this for the next seven to 10 years. You know, the idea is ultimately we wanted to build a company that was pretty dope, that was needed in the world, exit and then become VCs. Um, so, you know, for us, as much as that was a financial literacy, is a passion of ours, we weren't really that we wouldn't have put in all our all into that. So around the time we put Lion's share to bed, I had had dinner with one of our friends who was saying to us, he was watching our journey along these couple years. He was like, Hey, you guys are really good at helping companies from the early stages, being real with them and helping them frame. Like if what they're building is actually needed in the world, and then kind of branching out from there, if it is helping them think through how they can build from there and just keeping it real with them. Um, so he's like, at the end of the day, why don't you guys start your own venture capital firm as your next startup and see how that goes? So we're like, ah, like, sure, whatever, bro. Like, that's, that's a cool idea, but we have no money. We broke, you know, we, <laughs> 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 like, you, our families don't have money. Like, we don't know anybody in venture. So ultimately what happened was, you know, the idea kept eating away at us. Uh, and Ladante and I were like, you know what, let, like, let's actually look into this thing. You know, before I even get into that, we like to say often that the problem found us and then venture capital followed. It was never like, oh, we wanted to get into venture capital. So like, let's figure out how we fit in. It was more, um, all right, if we're going to get into venture capital, like, let's like, like, what does that even mean? Like, we just like helping companies. What is this venture capital thing behind it that we just learned about So we did research on the industry and um, it kind of led us to see that less than one percent of blacks and Latinos get venture funding, less than three percent of blacks of actual VCs are black or Latino. And we're like, okay, so clearly there's a disconnect here because we know all these dope black and Latino entrepreneurs building companies that would have far outreached what Lion share would have ever done. Mm-hmm. And like they cringe at the sound of, you know, venture capitalist or raising money and they have no connection to that world. Cool. So we felt it was something that needed to be fixed.
1: So let's talk, let's jump into the whole team building thing. So you guys know a lot of entrepreneurs, know a lot of companies, know a lot of teams. So talk me through the profile of a good team, because you all know and you've uh, encountered a lot of entrepreneurs. What makes a good team?
2: Well, since we invest at the seed stage, um, the biggest thing we look for um, within the team, well, I would say one of the biggest things we look for in the team is what a lot of people refer to as grit. I would like to say it's just hustle, right? Um, and that's just hustle by any means necessary. Um, and so we like to we like to get to the to to the bottom of what what solution they're trying to solve and how are they going to solve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we want to see something that we actually see in ourselves. Um, I think for us, the way we we have arrived to this point, at least through pure hustle and just being tenacious about what we believe in and how much we believe in ourselves. And so some of the before we even get into like the tangible, a lot of the intangibles we like to see are some of those hustle by any means necessary. And I have no doubt within myself that I'm the best person to solve this issue because that type of confidence we believe helps carry you through the, the, the problems and the the obstacles you're going to have as the company
0: grows bigger. And then we can get into the Yeah. Well, um, just to add to that too, um, peeling that back a little bit. So it, it's also about acute self-awareness, right? Like really, really knowing who you are. Um, because, everybody has ideas, right? Like there's a ton of problems everybody wants to solve. I can can find 10 a day that like, oh, it'd be really cool if somebody did this. But at the end of the day, it it comes down to like me knowing myself um, and what I want and desire out of life um, and my existence. Like, why is it that I'm so drawn to this specific problem? Why is it that I feel it needs to be solved in this way? And that, like he said, nobody else on the face of this planet can solve it in this manner. Like you have to start there before anything else. Because at that very stage is when you basically form the foundation of what you eventually want to be a successful company. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the same energy that allows you to hire the right people to bring the right people on on your team with your vision. Mm -hmm. um, And that focus to really execute um, and and really kill it. If you don't have that acute self-awareness, you may be doing something that you're not the best to do, or should honestly just be a hobby. Like it's fun to do. It's it's cool. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like starting a business is not for the faint of so heart. Give
1: me an example of what a, a team or a company who's very self-aware looks like and one who's not so self-aware. Like What are some tangible examples of what that looks like?
0: So I'll, I'll hit the not very self-aware part and you can get to, to, to the aware part. So for us, teams that we find that are not very self-aware are the ones that put too much stock in their accolades. And their accreditations. Mm. So, someone that you know may have gone to an Ivy League school and gotten an Ivy League business degree and worked at a big bank or a big corporation, and um, they, at times they tend to feel that because of all that, that qualifies them to 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 be you know this entrepreneur that's going to be great, or qualifies them to put a crazy valuation on their company that's like, well, you haven't built anything. But
1: do you, do you think that goes back to this idea that in the VC world, pattern matching exists? You know, this idea of he came from Harvard, he went to MIT, he studied with the, the big dogs. Do you it, think that relates back to that? Yeah,
2: I mean, it definitely does. I mean, there was a, there's, there's a, for a while, that's was essentially what was winning, right? There right. Was these people, a certain group of people had the access to enter these schools and then have the access after they graduated to to this capital and create these companies and had at least that caliber of uh, individuals around them who were thinking on that manner. Um, However, with the advent of technology and the internet, I can learn what that cat learned at at, at HBS or Stanford by going on YouTube or by talking to everybody who actually graduated from Stanford or HBS. And so what we firmly believe is that there's a kid who's in Charlotte, or as a kid who was in Detroit, that sees all those guys like, man, I'm just going to. I'm teach myself how to code. I'm gonna teach myself how to build a company, and I'm gonna go out and try to find those individuals to help my company grow and succeed. And so, we think that those who have been starved, venture capital funding, those individuals who who didn't have that type of access, now that you have the internet and and this access to all this information those who did had without are the more creative and a more are a lot more hungry than the cats who went to these
0: business schools. Um, and just adding real quick to going back to your whole you know aware versus unaware thing. So the teams that happen to be most aware know they're very aware that they may be the best suited to build. The solution for that problem, but they know in building their company, they may not have the best skill set for every one of those roles. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're very aware of their weaknesses. Like Mm -hmm. I could be a great coder and I may know like what I need to to build this product out. But I may be an introvert. I don't understand marketing. I don't understand business development. And I'm building an enterprise product. So I probably need to be self-aware enough to know that I'm going to need to bring somebody on my team that may be really good at that and maybe the opposite of me. Maybe they're extroverted. um, Maybe sometimes they may not have paid as much attention to detail, but I do. And we mesh really well. Um, And those are the early beginnings of, of a team that can emerge to be really good.
1: So for the teams that are self-aware enough to know, for example, like I've got this great idea, mm-hmm. I need somebody to actually build it out for me. Mm-hmm. I need a technical co-founder. Mm-hmm. What are some tangible things that they can do to vet a technical co-founder? Because if I'm not tech savvy, right. you know, it, it's bigger than just, well, I need help. Because mm-hmm. you, can, you can get somebody offshore to technically right. build an app for mm-hmm. you, right? But talk me through that.
0: So we believe it's actually a step before there. I, um, this is a problem that comes up with entrepreneurs all the time, um, especially entrepreneurs of color, and, and finding technical talent. Um, and what we found in the ones that have like found that talent, if they don't have it, is it 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 it's a step before that, in the problem you're trying to solve and convincing other people that there's an opportunity in that problem, right? So. Um, A lot of times people may think an MVP is, oh, I have to build this app out and then put it out in the world and see if it works. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily an MVP. An MVP could be a newsletter that you started building or a couple social media accounts to start getting people interested in what you're building and posting certain types Mm -hmm. of content and building a community of users Mm -hmm. and then kind of consistently questioning those users before you even start building anything. And what that does is for individuals that may not traditionally want to work with, um, that have technical talent, may not want to work with early stage startups. If you come to them and say, hey, the last six months I've built out, you know, I have one hundred thousand emails. I've built out these accounts. These people want this product. This is how I found this problem. And this is how potentially we can create a business out of it. They're going to be a lot more like. You know prone to be like whoa like this is really something here you're not just asking me to build something on a whim and you know to just help you out and then figure out six months from now if people even wanted this to begin with and just going off of that i think a lot of that has to do with customer
2: research if you can extract a lot of that customer feedback that customer resource that better informs not only your engineer your product designer but it better informs you on how
0: to build your company you know and then even getting back to like actually finding the talent you have to hustle and hustle right if you have no one in your network that is an engineer or has that type of talent wherever you live and whatever part of the country you live in you need to find every university that has computer science majors mm-hmm whatever events they have going on, go to the school, try to find out whatever organizations are going on and start learning a little bit of the lingo as well and and learning the aspects of it that are going to be important for you to try and attract that type of person.
1: So talk through this idea of mentorship, right? Because I think it can be hard. It can be difficult um, for any entrepreneur at any stage to kind of see the forest for the trees, if you will. And having that person who's either been there, done that, uh, or just comes from a different angle than mm-hmm. you are, right? To so just talk you through and walk you through your company in the process. Um, you know, what's a what's a good method for finding and engaging mentors, but then also, you know, not necessarily draining the heck out of your mentors too, right? Like making sure that you come in
2: correct. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I, I think it goes back to what Ivana was talking about is, being acutely aware of yourself. Uh So a lot of the things, a lot of the decisions we've made and the the reason we're even in front of you, I believe, speaking is because we were acutely aware of what we wanted and what we understood about ourselves and exactly what we didn't have Uh and what we needed. Um, Because there's one thing we always say is we know a lot and we know it well, but we also realize we don't know shit. Shout out to Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) 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 So we, so be humble. It, right? Be humble. <laughs> so, for us, it's it's knowing that, and then seeking those things that you need. To, there, there's something about yourself that you need. But you know, you don't know business development. So, who? Are you, seek it out. Research. Mm-hmm. Understand who's the best in the industry. maybe and then tell, tear, tear the layers back to somebody who's even local. Um, you don't understand marketing. Go on YouTube. I mean, YouTube, I learned, I learned life on YouTube. Uh, uh, I was just about this. Honestly, I was just about
0: to say, I mean, I think this goes into um, and it's actually part of our uh, our our core beliefs and our investment thesis. Um, But in today's day and age, the democratization of access to information and opportunity um, like. should force you to really go out there and realize like everything is at your fingertips. I don't look at mentorship necessarily in the sense of somebody I need to directly know mm. and talk to that can provide that. I mean, I, we've gotten mentorship from over fifty VCs who we've read their blogs, or you know, we've watched their YouTube channels, or we've listened to a podcast. Like to me, that's mentorship because mm. there's things we learned during those entire processes that have allowed us to get to this point skipping a lot of minds, you know, and not making the mistakes a lot of other people made. And we didn't know them. You know, a lot of them we still don't know. They don't know the effect they've had on us. But they're still But, they, but they're still our mentors. So
1: who are some... I love the fact that you brought up reading, particularly books and blogs. Who are some books, blogs that you guys really dig?
2: Uh, so... Or podcast. Podcast. Uh, I mean, Harry Stappman's podcast, the Twenty Minute VC. Twenty Minute VC. One. That's a dope.
0: Um, we read uh, Axios. Uh, yeah, Axios newsletter. Peretta, uh, De- uh, so I'm actually gonna. So yeah, I'm, let me actually put lay out a couple here so that people can, can yeah. look through them. So my favorite one is one called CB Insights, which is a data company, mm. and they do a lot of breakdowns on all you know all types of industries. Um, the CEO, Anon, you know, writes them in, in a humorous manner and it, it, it's pretty good. But literally, you can read that for three months and you'll know more about the technology industry than 50 percent of people in the technology industry. Um, another one um, that started, I think, last year, which is uh, one of our favorites, is actually called The Plug. Um, the plug daily. So uh, there's a young lady by the name of Sherelle Dorsey. I think she's down in Charlotte yeah. that um, just started. She, she was upset about the fact that with all these, you know, tech newsletters, TechCrunch or whatever, um, there wasn't really anything there on black, blacks in tech, you know? Um, so she basically started this newsletter as like a tech for, you know, for blacks in tech um, and amazing. They, it's a daily newsletter. I think there's like five or so articles in their day um, about whatever's going on in the tech world um, relating, you know, referring to black people. Um, the biggest one that, that I think helped us is a podcast and it's, it's more for um, VCs or people trying to raise their own fund. It's called Origins, um, you know, by these two VCs uh, that run this firm called Notation Capital, um, who are actually our advisors, um, Nick and Alex. Um, and... I will say uh, then one that I
2: think every entrepreneur should... Watch is this Week in startups with Jason Calacanis. Right. That he has I believe like six hundred episodes now. I think it's over seven hundred. Uh, I mean, he's up there. He's up there. So and and he has everybody on there. He's interviewed everybody. Uh, Chris Saka. He's interviewed. I mean, he's he's interview a few more blacks in tech. Yeah, I ain't no more. I mean, ain't <laughs> that many black people on there. But <laughs> but I that was kind of when we when we were kind of getting into the tech industry. We had stumbled across, this was early days of Walker & Co. We had stumbled across Tr- Tristan Walker, and he actually ended up on an episode of This Week in Startup. And then we're like, oh, what is this? Right. And went back and learned all the and episodes. watching all the
0: previous episodes. And,
2: I mean, you can just sit on YouTube for about a week, and you can learn more about the venture capital industry, the tech industry, by just watching these videos. There's yeah. so much content from all of these investors. And they're telling you exactly what they think
0: about the industry, how they invest in companies. Oh, the last two we, we can't fail to mention is the OGs. Fred Wilson oh, yeah. has a blog called AVC. I think it's com, And then Brad Felt, you know, they just they, they they've been doing this for decades. They write phenomenal content. So.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you all focus specifically on black and Latino tech ventures. What would be something you would want to scream at the top of your lungs to uh, founders of color about their relationship building, how they form teams um, or even how they decide to, you know, disassociate with one another, right? right. Cause you don't want to necessarily burn bridges. Exactly. So what would you talk
0: about? Um, I, first, I just want to lay, we talk about this all the time. It's a big frustration of ours, lay an industry out there that we feel too many Blacks and Latinos are focusing on um, with the wrong intentions, social media. Um, There are a lot of Blacks and Latinos that kind of have seen the wave of the Facebooks and Snapchats. And there's some they're trying to create some new social media aggregation tool or some type of thing with social media that makes it easier to do this or like more incremental things on the products that are out there. Um, we're never going to tell somebody not build something that they think could be out there in the world. Like we hate when, you know, when people's dreams are kind of put down like that. But, um, the way we see the world today, like if you're not Snapchat or Facebook, um, you're like, what are you building a social media platform to compete with them for? Now, there's probably going to be something that emerges that's completely different from those that will be viewed as kind of the new social media. And and that's gonna eventually happen, but all these things and trying to compete with or aggregate or whatever, like right. around social media or like social media for people of color and like all of like it's like, no, like that's a no go. Right? Because um, we're good but, at building
1: the community, but you're saying that the platforms. Yeah, themselves... it's it's
0: your you know you there's not a real. You, the entrepreneurs we've talked to that are trying to build those types of companies are like, oh, well, you know, because like... They're not scalable. Yeah, They're- it's like, oh, it'd be cool to do this. And like, we talk, I talked to a couple of people and like, oh, like, we should be doing this. Like, why doesn't Instagram and Twitter allow you to do this? Like, I mean, what, what problem are you really solving? Are you trying to create a new type of engagement through social media? Or are you trying to, you know, create a new type, whatever it is for us? It's all about like, you need to be solving a real world problem. And a lot of these social media centric ones um, end up being like just like your your intention is not to do that you want to try and sell this to Facebook for like 50 million um, but going back to the team thing um, stop complaining about how hard shit is mm. and what I mean by that is we talk about this every single day mm. last time I checked none of us are Harriet Tubman So complaining about, you know, oh, it's so hard to find a technical founder or it's so hard to find angel investment or to get somebody to care or pay attention. We all understand that there are issues with our people getting that type of funding. You need to take that energy. And the same thing, you know, we've been told working twice as hard to get half. The thing we feel about entrepreneurship is that like the market dictates like you're not working twice as hard to get half. For somebody to try and promote you, it's like if you work twice as hard and are building something the market wants, the market will dictate that, and other people will kind of flow to that. And you, you, if your hustle is right, you will attract the right energy, you will attract the right customers, all that. Like the whole, like the complaining isn't solving any problems for you. It isn't solving any problems for anyone else. Mm -hmm. It's like it's gonna do nothing. And we get when we get the complainers and like yeah. Y'all know how it is or, you know, this and that. And it's like, nah, I, I really don't like know a how crutch it is. Almost. Yeah. yeah, it's an excuse. It's an easy excuse to not work as hard. And we always go back to what Diddy said. If you don't hustle,
2: you don't eat. You we eat. If you ain't trying to eat out here, get out the way. Because there's actually people who are trying to build legitimate co- companies and are hustling. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is hard. It's twice as hard to be a black founder. It's even worse trying to be a black woman founder, a, lat- a Latina founder. And we see which women we believe will be probably the best entrepreneurs in the next 10 to 15 years yeah. because of these types of struggles. It only makes them better. And so the compl- I think for the, the biggest thing for us is that there's
0: like I don't nobody cares. Yep. Yeah. Pick yourself up and go get it done. Nobody cares. Particularly you too, right? So when people, <laughs> when yeah, people like, come don't, to New don't, Age capitalists, I I, like, I I empathize. With crunch, right? no. I empathize. Like I now if it. you're talking about, <laughs> you know, that struggle and seeing like and this is what I did to overcome it, but this is still the help I need and trying to get there, right. then cool, like let's have a conversation. Like this is not a pity party fest. Yeah. Like I'm we're trying to help build amazing companies out here for the community. Wow. Like I don't care about all that shit. We're also greedy venture capitalists and we want to be extremely wealthy and rich. So right. I don't got time for complaining. Okay. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So to, on that note, what team, what are you looking for? Somebody wants to reach out to new age capital.
0: Um, so we invest in tech and tech enabled startups um, where, like I said, thesis driven, we are um, sector agnostic. But as I said before, we're looking for entrepreneurs solving real world problems um, so we fundamentally feel you know the best entrepreneurs that are coming out of our communities are going to be solving problems in digital health, consumer fintech, marketplaces, um AI enabled technologies. those are you know big things we're looking at um, uh, e-commerce um and different kind of spins, you know on that and 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 different products in that space. So those are the things that are like heavily on our radar um because they're just kind of wide open spaces. but, I mean, right now, our deal flow pipeline, we've, you know, we've seen companies in kind of all those spaces. Um, we, um, you know, we're starting to like learn a little bit more about blockchain and, and and like what's going on there because we're starting to realize that there may be a lot of opportunities in there in relation to digital health and in relation to fintech um, that could actually be really good for our communities. Um, we tend to stay away from some of the more frontier tech things um, and, and space tech. Um. No disrespect to space tech, but, like, I don't really give a damn about getting to the moon. There's enough problems to solve on Earth. Okay. So it's kind of like fair. our approach there. Yeah. That's
1: fair. And so if people want to follow you or follow New Age Capital, how can they do that?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, website, newage.vc. Um, Twitter's New Age Capital. Instagram, New Age Capital. Blog, keep it 100.vc. Keep it 100.vc. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty,
0: you shoot uh, our emails, um, our personal emails are Yvonne, I-V-A-N at newage.vc and LaDante, L-A-D-A-N-T-E at newage.vc. We're pretty good with responding. Um, We're also, we believe in being honest and like upfront with entrepreneurs. We don't like people wasting our time, so we wouldn't want to waste yours. If we can help you or we think it's an interesting opportunity, we'll let you know that. Um, If we can't, we'll let you know that as well. But we'll at least try to put some tidbit in there that can be beneficial to you, like on your journey as you're moving forward. Um, Don't hit us with some bullshit. You know, don't, you know. Duly noted. (laughs) Yeah. um, There's not enough time in the day. Like, please don't like, you know, oh, like, you know, I got like 18 ideas or like, oh, I'm I'm trying to do this or like, oh, like, what are y'all hiring? Like. We not. By the way, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we're, we're not. Um, I think,
2: and this is just goes out to anybody who's actually just trying to connect with anybody, it's not even us. Um, one thing we're very keen on is finding something about the other individual that you can actually connect with on a personal level, and don't make that interaction transactional. So, EQ investing, uh, investing, and in, I think tech, not this tech industry is a lot about relationship building, and so. Instead of asking somebody for something or trying to pitch somebody something, um, I think the best thing you can do is a- actually ask that person to kind of share their story and try to learn something. I think people are more inclined to talk a lot about themselves because I think we're just not, na- everybody's just kind of naturally narcissistic, narcissistic in some form.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, you know, just as, you know, entrepreneurs are are, are venturing out into the investing landscape or Try to connect with people on a human level before you start asking for money because people tend to open up a lot more when they start seeing what they have in common with you, especially when you look completely different than them.
1: Right. Appreciate you guys stopping by.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you can stay up to date on new episodes featuring more insiders. Have any questions? Leave us a comment on this episode at bccheatsheet.com. Or you can tweet us at TheCued, that's T-H-E-C-U-E-E-D. Until next time, be great, and it's a wrap.